0: Today, July 12, 2021, is wasudavan Swami's Mahasamadhi, Saint's Conscious Exit from the Body. Vasudhavan Swami was a disciple of the powerful Master, Bhagavan Nityananda of Ganeshburi, considered the sixth avatar of Lord Dattatreya. Mohanji loved Vasudhavan Swami dearly because he was the epitome of insignificance, purity and innocence. A diminutive frail frame that hid a powerhouse of divinity. Mohanji brought his followers to this master to show them a living example of unconditional devotion, humility and surrender. Though always clean, his clothes were always well used and abused with considerable wear and tear, much like his skinny, bent and hunched 70-year-old frame. He was, of course, oblivious to both the needs of his body and society's dress codes, with his mind always focused internally on the chanting of Bhagavan Nityananda's name. Once I asked him the secret to devotion, he said, paraphrased, silently chant the name of the Master with every breath. Let this chanting be constant within you, whether you are aware or not. When you sing the Master's praise, sing so loudly that the entire neighborhood can hear you. Be unashamed to shout the name of your Master from the rooftops. Like its unassuming inhabitant, the Nath Mandir, where Vasudevan Swami lived, was an inconspicuous place nestled in front of the relatively more famous Vajrashwari temple and a short distance from the renowned abode and temple of Bhagavan Nityananda of Ganeshpuri. Even the flower sellers right outside the Nathmandir hardly acknowledge its existence with no clue of its significance. As Wasudavan Swami always said, this place is guarded by invisible guardians who ensure its sanctity. None can enter without the sanction of the tradition. If you have come here, you have been invited. Long before work from home or sleep in office became commonplace, the Nath Mundir was Vasudhavan Swami's home office. The place was a tiny two-room house, the bigger room housed the temple, a smaller extension outside the temple served as his bedroom and living room, and there was a tiny stock room slash kitchen. The bathroom was in one corner of the garden outside the house. In front of the main door was a well that had been constructed by Bhagavan Nityananda himself. Before moving to Mohanji's ashram, I used to live in Mumbai. Ganeshpuri. A couple of hours from Mumbai, was my favorite and frequent weekend or holiday haunts. I stopped by the Nath Mundir to meet Wasudavan Swami on every visit because of Mohanji's high regard. I used a special VIP pass to enter, which was mentioning Mohanji's name. The moment I mentioned Mohanji, his eyes would light up, and he would give me special treatment. He allowed me to help him set up the Aarti lamps and materials and once even allowed me to do the Aarti at the temple. A huge blessing, considering the power of that temple. During one of the meetings, Wasudavan Swami conveyed the significance of this temple and why it was called the Nath Mandir. He said that the foremost of the Navnath saints, the founders of the Nath tradition, Nath, the main founder, and his illustrious and more popular disciple, Garakshanath, that intense penance and austerities here to get the blessings of the Divine Mother, who pleased with their devotion, graced and blessed them to write the most sacred book of the Nath tradition, the Nath Rahasha, the secrets of the Naths. This temple houses the divine foot imprints of Makhindranath and Garakshanath and the wooden pajakas worn by Bhagavan Nityananda. Hence, the Navnath Mandir, Temple of the Naths. The Navnath Saints. The earlier occupant of this temple was a Shankaracharya in waiting, Shankaracharyas are the four pontiffs of a very powerful tradition in Hinduism. A very powerful position that requires decades of training, visibility, patronage and luck. When he came for Bhagavan Nityananda's blessings, Bhagavan is said to have asked him curtly, do you want fame or moksha, liberation? When he said, moksha, Bhagavan Nityananda asked him to drop everything and become a priest in this small temple, which was even more basic and in the middle of nowhere. He promptly obeyed and took up residence in the temple and stayed there until his samadhi. His samadhi, tomb, is at the back of the temple in the garden area. Even the mosquitoes in this place are supercharged by the divine energy. When I sat to meditate, the ferocious biting would get me out soon enough, and I would spend the rest of the time exacting revenge, dispatching as many as I could, to mosquito heaven. In Ganeshpuri, I got acquainted with mosquito consciousness which is the state in meditation when one is completely focused on mosquitoes, the ear hearing the buzz, the skin noticing the landing and biting, the mind squirming in discomfort yet continuing in the heady anticipation of all the torturous ways that would soon be employed to dispatch those evil insects to meet the big head in the sky. My meditation attempts there were mostly futile, and I spent more time chatting with Wasudavan Swami about his past and my present. Wasudavan Swami had been a celibate all his life. He worked in Mumbai and spent all his time in spiritual practice and devotion. Once, he told me, my colleagues and acquaintances would always tell me that I was wasting my youth. They always asked me to try out smoking, drinking, women, entertainment, and so on. However, I never listened to any of them and always focused on my practices. Laughing, he said, everyone thought I was crazy but I didn't care. With a resolute will, he ignored the temptations of the mind and body and refused to give in to any of them. Later in life, he got connected to Bhagavan Nityananda but, surprisingly, never saw him in the flesh. He only reached Ganeshpuri when Bhagavan Nityananda had already taken samadhi. His visits to Ganeshpuri became more and more frequent. He finally prayed to Bhagavan Nityananda for the grace to live in Ganeshpuri for the rest of his life. Bhagavan answered his prayers by arranging for him to be a caretaker and priest at the Nathmandir. The Nathmandir was one of Mohanji's favorite places to visit. Many a time Mohanji would descend there with a big group. He would usually prefer to stay back and spend time with Wasudavan Swami and request the rest of the group to go to the Bhagavan Nityananda temple in Ganeshpuri and meet him back in the Nathmandir when done. I always felt that Mohanji felt Bhagavan Nityananda's strong presence around Wasudavan Swami in the Nathmandir. After all, how can any master stay away from his unconditionally devoted disciple? In contrast, the Samadhi temple would be thronged by the usual beggars, some begging for a spouse, child or job, while others begging for relief from a spouse, child or job. Little surprise then on Bhagavan Nityananda's choice to chill at the Nath Mandir and get some relief from the begging hordes. Mohanji probably preferred to enjoy Bhagavan's company with Wasudavan Swami in relative peace rather than the hustle and bustle at the main Samadhi temple. Since devotion was his mainstay, Wasudavan Swami's practices and prayers were very simple. None of the complications of mantras, chants, tantras, practices, yantras, sacred geometry, kundalini, chakras, yoga, and so on. His only practice was the 24 times 7 chanting. His seva, selfless service, was the temple's upkeep, the daily rituals and tending to Bhagavan's faithful, and fickle, flock that came to the temple. He seldom stepped out of the temple. Masters and divine deities would show up, mostly in the sullen form, at his temple due to his diligent practice. Sometimes, he would have a wish to see a particular master or deity. His prayer would be very simple: I haven't seen you in a while. I wish to see you. Can you please come? And presto. The deity would appear in front of him and be with him for as long as he wanted. Not just that, they would imprint their presence on the walls of his temple so he could enjoy their presence whenever he wanted. I'd like to clarify the above. Mohanji says that the idols in a temple are activated by invoking the divine energy of the deity in a ritualistic manner and installing the invoked energy in the idol, thus making the idol, alive. Thus, the more powerful the person conducting the process, the more powerful the temple since the greater chance to access and invoke the pure, divine energy of the deity. In this case, the deity was bringing its own energy in response to and Swami's prayer request and installing itself on the temple's wall the holy freaking mountain not just coming to Muhammad but also miniaturizing itself and sitting in his pocket. A typical temple usually has a few deities. The walls of this temple were filled with all kinds of divine manifestations. Name the deity, and they were present. Can we even begin to imagine the power of that place? Sometimes, he would give the Mohanji people a tour of the temple walls and show us the different deities that grace the temple with their presence. You could see the divine form of the deity as they had appeared before Swami. Wasudavan Swami showing the different manifestations in the Nath Nathmandir. Once when I met him, he was very happy. He said, Hanumanji came to visit today. I was sitting and doing aarti and saw a shadow behind me. I turned to see Hanumanji sitting quietly, leaning against the right side wall and watching me doing aarti. I was so pleased to see him. Hanumanji does not generally visit devotees. He is the hardest to catch. I continued with my aarti. When I was finished, I turned, and he was gone. See, his imprint is on the wall where he was leaning. Saying thus, he showed me the presence of Lord Hanuman. His blessings were equally simple. He would store the ash from the incense sticks that he burned at the altar and give that as consecrated offerings. It was a much treasured prize for those who knew its value. Once he gave the ash to me, he said, If you have no faith, it is just useless ash. If you believe, it can solve any problem. It is up to you. It had a reputation to heal terminal diseases solve complicated relationship issues, deliver dream jobs, bestow abundance, and so on. Mohanji said that his prayer was a command to the deities and the universe. That was the reason that Vasudhavan Swami seldom prayed for people to avoid intervening in their karma. He blessed all profusely but let their eligibility and faith give them the results. However, I have seen him pray for people at Mohanji's request. His final words to Mohanji at their last meeting were, Not a day goes by when I don't think of you and pray for you. Know that Bhagavan Nityananda walks with you. Once while he was standing outside the temple late evening, some young miscreants took advantage of the dark and threw stones at him. Bhagavan Nityananda immediately appeared, hugged him and ensured that none of the stones hit him. When someone unconditionally surrenders to the divine, it becomes the divine's job to protect such a devotee. Such was the case with Wasudavan Swami. Wasudavan Swami related this story to Mohanji when Mohanji met him a few days later. Mohanji was very disturbed on hearing this and insisted on filing a police report to prevent a recurrence. He immediately said, No. No. I don't want to tell anyone. What if they catch those people and ask me to identify them? God forbid that I have a bad thought against them. My mind will get contaminated. No. No. I don't want to know. I have nothing to do with it. I don't care. I don't have anything against them. Let their karma deal with them his purity was more important to him than his body. I feel that only the chosen few got to meet him because of this innocence and purity, which would have been badly abused by the selfish devotees who come to get their pound of flesh. I quote the following from my book, Miraculous Days with Mohanji. Ramana Maharishi said, The Guru is pleased with him only who gives himself up entirely, who abandons his ego forever. Such a man is taken care of wherever he may be. He need not pray. God looks after him unasked. He was such a man. On this blessed day, Wasudavan Swami finally merged with his master's infinite consciousness. Well, he had already merged with his master's consciousness while he was in the body. He just dropped the body when his master's work was done. I pray to him to help and guide me, and everyone else, to reach that state of complete merger, that he achieved, where there are no gaps in the connection, surrender and devotion to my master, Mohanji. I also thank Mohanji for taking me, and others, to this beacon of simplicity whose light revealed the mockery that spirituality has become and the dire need for me to get back to the basics and be real. The Buddha has just realized the dire need. The implementation is still a work in progress. Please check the following links to read more about Vasudhavan Swami. Fond Memories of Wasudavan Swami, read. A powerful master of the Nath tradition, remembering Vasudhavan Swami, read. A tribute to Sri Wasudavan, read. Pilgrimage to Bhagwan Nityananda Shrine at Ganeshpuri and Shirdi Sai Baba Shrine, read.